Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. You're tuning in and listening to WWVU FM Morgantown 81.7. This is the Cinematic Odyssey here on United to the Moves. I'm your host, uh, co-host rather. I got Tristan here and then uh, we got Max as well on the other side of the country. Um, Hi. <laughs> but uh, yeah, got to do a more consistent intro. I mean, I, I'd say I'm pretty... Much the same always with the yeah. uh, the intro, but I respect it. I mean, yeah. we did shake it up that one time for uh 2001 A Space Odyssey, yeah, which you... I think was worth it, but <laughs> um, but yeah, the film we're gonna be talking about, we got Ray Suke Hamaguchi's Drive My Car, it came out in 2021 or yeah, 2021, yep, and um. It was a film that kind of got a good amount of attention during yeah. its release, and um, which is kind of a shock to me, at least you know, considering the film itself is pretty slow and deliberate, very uh, kind of there isn't much drama. Well, there's some drama, but it's not it's not very dramatic or uh kind of thrilling to watch it's just a lot it's a very like you reflect upon it yeah it's a film it's a piece of art you just kind of think about for some time to let it you know marinate in your mind yeah but it's a great it's a it's a great film it's probably the best film of that year um in my opinion but i don't know if you agree it, I mean, it's it's so incredibly good. It's not, there's nothing, you know, so thrilling. Yes, it's cars, but there's not a car chase. It's just driving a car. Um, but the the drama, the storytelling, the conversation uh, between the actors, um, the layered, there's a short story that one of the characters is uh, coming up with as as she you know as time passes there's the regular progression of these these characters arcs and then there's also the story of anton chekhov's uncle vanya um just all layered together in this sandwich that's just so deliciously beautiful and like like tristan said it is slow it is deliberate it is i mean i would say it's dramatic but that's but not over the top it kind of just sucks you in the opening credits don't roll until 40 minutes into the movie Mm -hmm. that's right and it's just a testament to how much you kind of fall it's not like you you're it's not like it's one i can't point to one moment where you fall into it but it just kind of happens yeah I mean, mean, for me, it's like, mm, it's like once, uh, like two scenes that are very engaging. But I mean, we'll get we'll get into those. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's. It's it's basically just, yeah, people having conversations, but it's more than that. I mean, it's not like, uh, you know. The bef- like Link Later's before trilogy, trilogy, where it's literally just two characters 
you know, having a conversation with each other for the entire runtime of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically it follows this uh stage director, playwright, um uh Yusuke Kafuku. Bingo. Um and he yeah, the first 40 minutes of the film before the credits roll is kind of like a prologue to the main uh, kind of turmoil that he deals with up until the very end of the movie yeah. where he kind of comes to... Um, he has his... Or he has this kind of moment of realization of like living life, right? Because, I mean, I, at least to me, what I see the film mostly being about is kind of the grieving process. And how, you know, himself, his chauffeur, and the other actor, the younger actor, like there's three different kind of, there's way, there's three different ways they're involved with a death of somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, with the main character, it's his wife, and then the chauffeur, her mother, and then the other dude, he just outright kills. Um, yeah. Incidentally, uh, he beats he beats him. Yeah, I mean, he beats him to death because uh, he was a paparazzi guy. But anyways, um, we don't condone the, the actions of Akatsuki <laughs> in this film because he's he's is kind he kind of sucks yeah he's a very problematic character very kind of sucks <laughs> yeah he's he's not a good guy but um yeah but so we kind of the first 40 minutes we see him and his wife and how they like interact and their dynamic and how he kind of he has this very i don't know because because basically we quickly find out that she's not faithful to him and she's cheating on him with that young actor. Indeed. When he's supposed to go on to like a trip somewhere, but then like the flight is canceled. So he goes back home, opens the door, sees them, you know, doing things in the living room while listening to, uh, was it Beethoven? It's just hilarious. I thought that was so funny. Um, and yeah then you know we kind of see them like it doesn't seem to be the very first time where this has happened i don't know if if you get that impression with like his reaction to it that he's caught them i mean no that he's caught his wife cheating on him before i think i think that is the case because he definitely he he says before he says later that he knows yeah. that it's been multiple people and it's over the course of you know the the shows that she's been working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have a feeling that he he knows that it's yeah. not just this one time. Yeah. And then he can extrapolate that, you know. Yeah, I I, I think he knows. Mm. Um but he kind of yeah, he just life goes on as if none of it happened. But there's like a silent resentment that he has within him, like this kind of very uh, repressed. He doesn't. He's not very affectionate towards her and neither is she towards him. Um, and we learn that, you know, their daughter 
had passed away many, many years ago. Um, so that's probably a big reason as to why their marriage isn't in the best of places for the past, you know, how many years it's been when the film takes place. But uh, yeah, so we, we, we learn pretty quickly that their marriage isn't good. They don't seem very happy together. He's just kind of like existing and you know they're living life in the same they're like kind of like roommates i guess rather than a married couple yes um i mean but they, but they're 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 roommates who you know get intimate with each other so yeah but i mean yeah. there's that relation but that's sort of a, a status quo type of transaction it's not one that's really born out of love it's one born out of I'd like to keep where we're at. Yeah, because, I mean, we learn later that their relationship with their sex life was merely a transactional thing for his wife. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, we'll get into that. Like, because basically, I mean, she tells stories because she's a playwright. And that's how she gets her uh, inspiration. For these you want stories. to jump into that now? Because I, I wrote something about that too that I think is uh, <clears throat> it might 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 be fun. Um, well, I want to I want to talk about. I also want to mention the car. Oh yes, that's an important. I mean, that's a very important thing. I mean the the film title is called Drive My Car. <laughs> yeah, uh, he has a sob. Turbo 900, I think is what it's called. I don't know what year it is, but it looks like it's from the late 90s. No, the like early mid 90s. Yeah, that fits. I never never bothered to look up the car. Very nice looking car, by the way. Very clean, very well maintained. He loves that thing to death, clearly. Um, It's like his actual wife in a way. It's like somebody, it's it's not a real person, it's a car, but he he shows it love and care and affection like he does he like like to no one else in his life yeah right because i think that kind of relationship that he has with his car where it's like his car is there's it's so trusty or trust yeah he trusts it a lot it's reliable it's not going to let him down and it's there always for him he's also like yeah. yeah it's like a place for him to kind of find uh, it's like therapeutic for him to drive it yeah um he he takes care of it so well it's been 15 i think he says he has it 15 years yeah. not a problem yeah. no major accidents no major uh incidents no problems with any of the the shifts it's just aged yeah it's just a little old but um and i will, i don't know if this is deliberate or if this is just a coincidence, but I think that's the only car that is shown on screen that isn't silver, gray, black, or white. Like all the cars on the roads and stuff are those colors, and his car is the only one with that is not that color. Like oh, it's come a, up. it, 
It it's pops. Deliberate. It's deliberate. <laughs> like, like, what other option is there? Oh, I picked uh, Hamaguchi gets on the microphone and says, oh, I picked red because I like the color. No, 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 no. Not not the color of the car that he drives. The, every other car well, yeah. that is shown. Well, he's not going to they're not going to say, oh, I just thought I just thought the contrast would be nice. No, that was totally, it's totally on purpose. It's totally on purpose. A million percent. But also, you know, I mean, we could say that, you know, he's out of place because he's going on a contract to Hiroshima to direct this play. Um, this is, of course, I'm jumping forward a little bit, but we see this this red car sticking out in Hiroshima a little bit more because he's not from there. He doesn't know. Uh, he's not the local. He doesn't fit in. Maybe it's a little way to to say, oh, by the way, he sticks out a little bit. Kafuku doesn't really isn't from the area. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just wanted to talk about his car. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's important. It's a nice car, too. And it's very nice. <laughs> very nice car. Um, but yes, about his wife. And her like. Her <laughs> motive, inspiration. I guess that too. I guess that too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you were, you said you you had something written down for that. Well, yeah. I mean, would I I I could I would consider her at least. I wrote this before we hear the second part of her the story relayed to us by Takatsuki, but I I I, I look at it as. The, the story that op- opens the film and that, that Oto, the wife, develops through through the first 40 minutes or so is one of a girl, high school age, who's fascinated with a boy, but can't say that. So she sneaks into his house and she leaves a token of herself every time she goes and she takes something of his with her when she leaves. Um, is it's sort of a way to just prove that she's actually been there, and um, she 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 keeps breaking in, and her rule is that she won't uh, self pleasure while she's there, and she won't um, you know cross that line, and near a point she does cross that line. This character does decide to do so. Here's somebody break in. Is here somebody coming up the stairs, and as far as we know, that's the end of the story uh, for most of the film. That she's uh, been caught in this in this wrong act in somebody else's house, and the way I wanted to think of it is, what if she's not viewing her relations with other men as cheating but rather as self-serving it scratches an itch in her instead of being you know a an act of intimacy between two people where they get together she uses it as a as an act of self-pleasure and it's only for her and she doesn't really care about the other person 
I, I, I thought that idea may, makes it a little bit more interesting with, um, you know, how easily she was able to do it. And and the uh, chauffeur later on says, you know, are are we able to believe both things? Did she cheat on you and still love you? Right, right. I mean, it's a challenging question. That yeah, I don't really think Yusuke really. I mean, he doesn't even. He kind of just. doesn't even want to question he or or kind of grapple with that question for most of the film because he's he he's filled with so much resentment and hate towards his wife right i mean rightfully so i mean she cheated on him i mean not just once multiple times and he's just kind of like yeah i mean he can't stop her right um but i'm shocked that he never kind of left the relationship or like divorced or anything like that i mean i i I tie it to his struggle in performing uncle vanya it's the whole reason he doesn't cast himself in the play um he 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 can't bring himself to act this realism he can't bring himself to be real and express his authentic feelings anymore because i think part of it is he might be afraid of what's going to come out but also he lies to his wife multiple times throughout the first act of the movie he lies uh no you didn't have any more to the story he omits a detail um and and says no that was it and she says mm-hmm. okay and and kind of just moves past it he lies yeah he knows there's another detail it's his job to remember all of this stuff uh but uh, there's another thing where he he after he's walked in on her cheating with um Natakatsuki he's staying in the same city in a hotel because his flight got canceled and pushed back a day. So instead of, you know, going home and saying, I'm actually home and I did walk in on you, he chooses to suspend her disbelief, says, oh, I'm staying in a hotel out. Yeah. It's it's wonderful and it's great and all is well. He chooses to lie. And I think that this is in all likelihood been a conscious decision from him ever since the death of their child a way to kind of keep the peace yeah Yeah. and and ignore the bad or not at least not deal with it yeah kind of just set it aside like oh whatever i mean having that difficult conversation about somebody cheating on you I mean that that if you have that the second you have that conversation, that's going to change the dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, it's going to change the relationship, one hundred percent. And he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, that's yeah, because he struggles with that the entire film. He struggles with uh, kind of coming to reality with a lot of things. I mean, mostly it's about his relationship with his wife. Yeah, and how like that relationship with his wife is kind of mirrored by his. Uh, 
or the Uncle Vanya and is uh, the character of Uncle Vanya. Oh gosh, um, I'm so ready to jump in Uncle Vanya whenever we yeah. whenever we're ready. Yeah, which is so good. Uh, one of the best aspects of the film. It's so good. Oh, I yeah. love it. <laughs> they're using they're using real lines. Like I read, I read, I was reading the play, and they're they're like, I mean, it's it's actual lines. Everything on the audio tape is actual lines from the show, um, just recited back that they pick, um, specifically for this moment. The ending scene is the ending scene of Uncle Vanya. Oh, okay. Um. It's, mm. yeah, it's perfect. Love that. Yeah. But you were gonna, I think. Oh, I thought you were gonna get into like, well, the play itself, or oh know. yeah, oh I can do that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like the first thing that I noticed, um, they have a list of characters. I'm reading a whose translation is this? Um, Anne Anne Dunnigan. Rock on, Anne. Uh, I, comparing the words used in this to the movie, uh, this translation is a little less melodramatic. Instead of saying, oh, I'm miserable, it says, oh, it's just too much. It's not, a, it's not you know, as verbose as the, um, as the film is. But the basic premise... Um, we have the old professor who is not Uncle Vanya. The old professor uh, is probably dying eventually. Uh, and he is, he's miserly and he owns this massive estate. And uh, he is married currently to his second wife, Elena, um, who is young and beautiful. Shocking because he is old and miserable and grumpy and not, it's not really a match that was, you know, really good. I mean, it's not, it's not the typical match, right. um, but his, fa his, his family from his first marriage also lives at this estate. Um, you've got his mother-in-law, his brother-in-law, who is uncle vanya um and then the his daughter from his first marriage sonia and uncle vanya is in her purview he from the point of view of sonia vanya is her uncle um the professor is her father uh her mother is dead it's... wait so so like so for wait so the professor is Sonia's daughter. No, Sonia's the professor. No, no, no. Sonia, Sonia is the professor's daughter, but yeah. she sees his father as Uncle Vanya. No, um, he the professor is her father, but if we refer, we refer to Uncle Vanya. Oh, he's a separate character. Professor. Yes, oh, okay, two characters. Okay. Two characters. All right, all right, all right. But uh, a lot of a lot of the play goes around love and truth and all everybody is complaining about how they're miserable and how life is terrible and pointless and how can we go on and um i mean i feel like in in his in his life kafuku takes a line from vanya which is um 
you know, well, right now I'm 47. And if I live to be 60, that's 13 years that I have to live through. How am I going to live through these years? What, what can I possibly do to pass this time and, and, and be, you know, you've got the professor complaining of medical issues. You know, he thinks it's, uh, doctor thinks it's gout. He thinks it's rheumatism, you know, and they disagree, but they can't fix it. Um, they all go back and forth and back and forth. And Vanya loves the wife of the professor, Elena. Mm-hmm. And he tries to convince her to um, come with him and uh, be with her. I think that's the case. Or is that Astrov? Who knows? But the point <laughs> basically is nobody in this in this in this um, layout super cares about each other. Everyone is wrapped up in their own misery. Everyone is dealing with reality in the cruelest possible way, which is to relive the worst parts of them over and over and over again, Uh, to recite misery, woe is me, over and over and over again. Hmm. And so, you know, the... Every every scene that is pictured is a real scene um, in the play. Uh, the one that they do outside, yeah, is the end of Act Two between Elena and Sonia, the daughter and the wife. They're about the same age too, which is you know that's supposed to uh, a little weird. It's supposed to be <laughs> yeah, it's a little, a little... weird. <laughs> Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah. Vanya declares his love to Elena. Prior to that, um, Sonia loves this gentleman Astrov, uh, who comes to visit every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but Astrov is, I believe, in love with Elena. Astrov threatens oh. Elena, and he he then leaves uh, because she turns him down because. A, a big point is, does Elena actually love the professor? Yes, she does. It's not just money. It's not a sugar daddy situation. It's uh, okay. she does yeah. actually um, care for this, this situation. Uh, the professor decides he's going to sell the estate and put Vanya, his mother, and Sonia out of a place to live. Oh. Um, Vanya, Vanya goes off, and he blames... Uh, he blames the professor for holding him back and says that he could have he could have been great had he had the professor not been in his way. Uh, brandishes a gun, attempts to shoot the professor, does mm. not do so. Yeah. Uh, misses. Yeah. Uh, and then he's just disgusted. And that's the end of the third act. And the fourth act is. Vanius has stolen morphine. And is attempting to, with the plan to attempt suicide. Um, everyone kind of makes peace and is chilling out just a little bit. And Vanya is complaining of of the misery that he he deals with. And that's where the last scene of the play comes in. 
Ah, okay, okay. And 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 the the message is is we will go on, we will tell God that we have suffered, and God will take pity on us. And they they have this, you know, at we will finally rest when we are dead. But the 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 way to live is to get through it. And that's the only way to deal with it. Mm. Okay. Oh, okay. So the play is told in chronological order throughout the film. I mean, you don't see every every line of dialogue, but kind of, yeah. So we get most most of it. Is it yeah. most of it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we oh, are okay. shown we're shown a good number of scenes as well. Um it's very well interwoven in and and every line that we overhear that we think absolutely applies to Kafuku and his relationship with his wife does mm-hmm. and it works oh so well and it i was trying to place who vanya is in the cast um as you know who who takes on this role? Um, we could say, okay, Vanya is Kafuku watching his wife, um, metaphorically Elena, yeah. and the professor be married to each other and carry on. Or we could say Takatsuki is Vanya. And if he's Vanya, then he is left in that position of watching his love be taken away with by somebody else and be be married to somebody else and have his longing be unrequited. Um, and I, I I love the the decision of of Kafuku to cast Takatsuki as, as Vanya, Vanya. Yeah. instead of himself. Because I think I think that's another. I think you're right about him him covering up his rage and his anger towards Takatsuki. We need he doesn't get super angry throughout the film. No, he doesn't. I think that this is that's a subtle way of just a little bit of revenge, just a little bit of making sure that. this guy kind of knows i mean it's never said between the two that he knows he was sleeping with his wife i mean eh, sort of but they they exchange in code and it's yeah. it's never explicitly said yeah that's true but i mean it's heavily implied well yeah true but that oh i mean the I think that the layering of, and I, I, I also the fact that Kafuku is the one who reads for Vanya in his car. Yeah, I think well, that's well. that's telling as well. And, as and his character and are most of the uh, scenes where he's in the car reciting the lines. Um, obviously his wife 
does the voiceover for is it just one character or is it all of them all of them oh okay 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 she does voices for all of them so as i'm going i'm like oh that's sonia oh that's elena oh that's the the maid um okay you can pick it up but it's feasible that he's only listening to the scenes with vanya yeah 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 and right carrying on but i think but since Vanya's is a main character, there are so many scenes. Right. Right. Um, but I think like what Kafuku allows the that role to do in that play to do is kind of it seeps into his life and he allows it to take control and like he kind of lets it consume him and he sees his life through the lens of uh Vanya's character a little too much million percent and he doesn't uh kind of sit back and think and reflect about like his own reality and the differences there are or there is uh, between himself and like the character of vanya or the professor for that matter um that i think because he never he never takes a he never takes an initiative or autonomy over his marriage he just kind of lets it happen right like with the cheating like he never stands up for himself and says all right i i can't i don't like i don't want this anymore like i don't like this let's get divorced because this is obviously not working yeah um because before i mean he wasn't gonna bring it up but his wife was probably gonna say something as we see before the credits roll yeah and you know he goes off to work which he doesn't he just drives his car for the day the whole day and then he comes back to see his wife on the floor collapsed and she's dead from a brain hemorrhage yep some or cerebral hemorrhage yeah and she never gets to tell him the truth which i presume that she was going to do that Oh, yeah, she was going to tell him, like, what she's been doing. I agree. And then I guess, like, the weight of her actions caught up with her and she just couldn't take it mentally anymore. And she just, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, the stress of it all kind of, yeah, caught up to her and that was it. Well, I mean... I I layer this into the second part of her story that we only hear from Takatsuki later in the car. Yeah, you know, well, well, we get to learn more. Yeah, we learn more about because what's what's happening. The intruder coming up the stairs is not the end of that story, um, and yeah, uh, I, I think it leaves no doubt that Oto is the girl in the story. And that it's not a personal decision. And that she doesn't know. She She's desperate to understand that she's made an, uh, an impact on um, this guy's life uh, in the story. So it turns out that the person coming up the stairs is a burglar. And she has to fight off the burglar, fight the burglar off of her and end up ends up killing and then she decides, okay, that'll be the thing that I will have left that left that day. Leaves the burglar and gets out. And 
nothing has changed the next day. Uh, the boy is still carefree. The boy still does his same extracurriculars. The boy does everything. But there's now a security camera above the porch. That's uh, there's There's been a line that's been crossed. It, it's been dangerous now. And I, I see this as... I see this as mental chess. Not only does has he known that Oto's been cheating on him for some time, I believe that she knows that he knows that she's been cheating. Yes. <laughs> Is this getting confusing yet? Okay, we're gonna go another. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I fully believe that because I think with that story. And the fact that she was able to tell it to Takatsuki while while she was still alive means that she was having this, this desire to confess and this knowledge that oh, uh, Kafuku is this guy in the story and that she wants him badly and she wants to be near him badly. And once that, that transgression, that mistake, that evil kind of has been done whether it be cheating or killing the burglar nothing has changed on the outside he's still kind of declining that reality is real but there's the security camera his guard is up it's fallen from a, a a loving relationship to a saving face relationship and she her her looking in the the girl in the story looking into the camera and confessing to the 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 murder of the burglar is i think in in intention of oto to confess that she's been cheating and to drive that conversation forward because she understands that kofuku won't yeah and i also think um I don't know if I'm stretching here, but when uh, Tatsuki, how do you say his name? I'm probably butchering it. But uh, when he's describing what Oto or Ota? Oto. Oto told him. Like when she, he was describing the, the killing scene where it was like a struggle where he, you know, the burglar was trying to make unwanted advances on her yeah um and that was the only time when she actually started self-pleasing herself uh that was the only time when she did it and that's when the burglar showed up yeah and like the struggle started and she like killed her or whatnot maybe that's to say that in reality Oto doesn't actually want to cheat but she kind of is, is forced to because there's no love in the relationship i don't know uh, that might be a stretch but i buy it i'm not i'm not certain love is anything to do with it i i feel that maybe it's realism because i mean they obviously they, i mean they understand that the grief of losing their child is the primary motivator um, that shuts down how they used to be. 
And so like, I, I, I kind of, I, why I agree with you like a hundred percent and that she does feel like she has to cheat or exactly like you said, but I, but I do think it's because of the realism of the unable to deal with what, what has happened and unable to cope with uh, the past and unable to accept what has happened. Not, you, you know, like that, this is difficult. And as he confesses later, you know, he says that I killed my wife. I wasn't, he wasn't doing anything that day. He could have gone back home earlier. Maybe he could have saved her life, called an ambulance, got it there quicker. He has to live with that fact. And he's uncomfortable with it. But he didn't actually kill her, though. That's the thing. I mean, he, he didn't do anything to her. It's, I mean, it's, it's semantics. It's, if you could have saved somebody. No, no, he feels guilty if, for it. No, oh, yeah. he does. If, if, he, if he could have saved her and he wasn't able to, do you then, have you then killed that person? Like, um, if I'm a lifeguard, and I'm in the vicinity of a pool and someone's drowning. Like maybe it's the backyard of somebody and I drive down their street and they drown. Did I, by not helping them and not being able to help them, did I kill that person? Indirectly. Indirectly, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the but same. Not, not really. I mean, it's the same thing with the the driver. Yeah. And her mother. She says that she killed her mother. Not necessarily. Yeah, no. But that inaction... It's an understanding of the consequence. But not... But still being all right with the action. Right, right. But like with, and I think the difference between the driver and Kufuku is that I think the driver has kind of come to terms with her decision. Maybe, like, eh, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Yeah. I mean, she knew at least the decision that she was making. Yeah, in the moment, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But she, she, she yeah. hated, oh, well, she also hated her mother like Kafuku hated his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And if, yeah, like, I mean, a landslide onto a house with more debris threatening to fall on and not calling for help and letting the debris crush mom like that's more of a deliberate decision of of inaction or more of a, a choice to not save somebody right so is i mean there's it's sudden it comes out of nowhere the cerebral hemorrhage it's not like he could have predicted that it would happen on that particular day yeah exactly i mean it's a stroke of stroke of fate yeah but oof yeah <laughs> 
What timing? Oh, that's what I mean. He didn't kill her, though. Although he feels guilty for it. But he didn't do anything. I mean, it's like, he didn't want to have the conversation, so he didn't go home. But had he gone home, maybe he could have stopped it. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, you're right. But yeah, that scene, that scene where Kupuku and Tazusuki are speaking in the, in the back of the car is amazing. Um, you said it's 12 minutes long. It is, and it's gorgeous. It's but it's so, it's so enthralling. I mean, the writing in that portion of the, the film is the best. Some of the best uh, in the entire film. I mean, it's just incredible. Like, it's not even, like, it doesn't even look that special. I mean, it's just, you know, close-ups of their face while they're talking. But I don't know. It's some, it, The writing is, is doing all the heavy lifting there, and it's amazing. The writing has done the heavy lifting for most of the show. <laughs> yeah. Most of the thing. And they, they tie, the way they, they tie in these fictional stories into their own lives, it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant. And yeah, and before that, I mean, before that scene, they're having what dinner, right? Yeah, they go out to like a, a bar or something. Yeah, and this is the second time they've done this, but like when they leave, you got that paparazzi guy or whatever, a super fan, whoever, whatever this dude is, taking pictures of him. <laughs> he leaves. Go follow him. Yeah. And then he beats him up. We don't see any of this. This is all off screen. But he beats him up. And then later in the film, we you know, the cops show up during like rehearsals of the play and he's taken into custody because the guy that he beat up died in the hospital. Yeah. From his injuries. And I'm like, dang. You beat him up that much? That's crazy. That's a lot of rage. Yeah. <laughs> this is some dude taking pictures of you. It doesn't handle it well. No. No. God. And it's like uh yeah, it's uh the three different ways that they're involved with death. Like the three, you know, him, the driver and you Kafuku, like they're involved with death in some way. Yeah. One more in more one more um removed from another. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's an interesting little kind of bit um, there. I was thinking of a um well line from Vanya as Takatsuki calls Oto his friend or something like that. There's a line in Vanya um, that he said, one, one male character says to another, whoa, she's your friend? Well, men and women can only be friends if they progress through these relationships in this order. First, she's your acquaintance. Then she's your mistress. Then she's your friend. Yeah. Or lover, I think, is the other word that they chose um, in place of the second one. So Im- implying that they had to have had sex to get to friends. Oh, if oh, that, oh, oh. If that sits with you a little bit, we see uh, by, yeah. by the Chekhov standard, he indirectly confesses 
to this. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I think that I think that's really cool. Yeah. And there, yeah. there was another way that I, I thought to compare um, Kofuku and Takatsuki. It's how they get to know people. Um, because, you know, you can we could say both of these men hang out with one younger female member of the cast, albeit in different circumstances. Yes. Um, Kafuku hangs out with uh, Lee Yuna, who is uh, I. She's not deaf. She's mute, as far as I can. Yeah, she's mute. She can hear, but she can't speak. And she speaks uh, Korean, Korean sign language. And Kafuku, of course, speaks Japanese. So one of the uh, theater. Um, oh, oh gosh, I don't even know if he's like one of what his position is at the theater, but they go out together because Lee, who's in the um, play as Sonia is his wife. And so he's got an interpreter and they're talking about, Oh, how'd you meet? How'd you, why'd you decide to learn Korean sign language? Um, how has the process been? And they, they, they're having a meaningful conversation. And he, Kafuku says to Takatsuki later, Hey, you know, you got to get to be able to know know somebody by speaking to them. You got to be able to have a conversation. You got to be able to talk. Yeah. That's the most meaningful thing you can do with somebody. And he doesn't do so. He only has sex with a bunch of people. Yeah. He doesn't actually know Oto. He just slept with her. Um, yeah. And he, and he kind of scoffs at that idea. Yeah. He laughs at him like, why am I even talking to you? You don't know anything. Which is so immature and yeah very short-sighted and then there's this though the woman janice who ends up playing elena which is funny i think because if we if we take their characters in the play takatsuki and janice uh it would be she's cheating on her husband to be with him if they were together in the play uh yeah that relationship happened with elena and uh vanya uh. But out of the play they come together she speaks english and she speaks mandarin and he only speaks uh japanese and he is he says to kapuku hey i promise i was just lending her an ear all's fine he's like you don't speak any of those languages so what does that mean well um uh don't worry about it uh, hand gestures Lewd hand gestures uh, proceeding. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're not my father. Well, why do you care? <laughs> oh, gosh. Basically, is his response. He doesn't um, communicate. He just, you know, beds. <laughs> beds. Yeah. I'm just going for I'm just trying to pull out uh, different different words, you know, yeah, got yeah. like 60s slang for that, you know hit me <laughs> yeah. um yeah well well we find out that uh the woman who uses sign language or the she she's married to the yeah to the uh whatever his role one is one of the directors or the the yeah. ad we'll just call him assistant director yeah what, what whatever his name is um yeah and like when they have their conversation, this is there any? I know she talks about 
like how they met. But is there a conversation on like why she's mute? Right? Do they? I don't remember if they do. Do they at the dinner? There's not. Okay. Um, but but do they talk about something like heavy? Like with regards to the, the theme? Or like the struggle that uh, Kafuke has? I'm I I mean I think what, what I think what it is is they accept the realism. As this couple, they have decided to deal with problems as they come up instead of ignoring them. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They sit. Yes, she can't speak. And so they weighed the op- their options of coming to Hiroshima to do uh, production of work here. Even though, again, she only speaks Korean sign language. So not only do you have to find somebody who speaks sign language in this world, but you have to find somebody who speaks Korean in Jap- in Japan, which yeah. uh, for I don't know for all these uh, geography listeners here, those are different countries, um, <laughs> different different languages. Yeah, big yeah, thumbs I didn't up. Know that. Yeah, dropping oh, that for... knowledge. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I didn't know that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, but they say they say they met in college or yeah. university. Um but yeah, I mean it's a deep contrast to like Kafuku's uh resistance to allowing uh the grieving process continue and like moving on. Yeah. And accepting what has happened in, in the past with his wife. And it's yeah. just kind of you know, understand um, understanding that, real yeah that reality. I mean, um, it's it's a relationship of compromise. It's a relationship of trust. It's a relationship of communication. Very all very the, all the things that he didn't have. Such a model. Oh, they're so good. Oh, I yeah. love both of them so much. Yeah. All the things he didn't oh, have so with Otto. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But all the things he had with his car. Except minus the the naughty part, obviously. Yeah. That goes without saying. I mean, hopefully. We don't know. It's not pictured, but mm. <laughs> anyways. I mean, one of one of the, I, I do have to say one of the things that I, I, I find really wholesome about his relationship with uh miss her name is misaki the um driver chauffeur the driver um she's driving his car so she will dr- uh drive my car ah see see it's like a vernacular <laughs> thing um he compliments her driving and that it's so smooth and he forgets he's in a car and you know we hear her her wonderful backstory about how she deals with how she's dealt with her her misfortune and her misery and her, her trauma. Yeah, trauma. Yeah. That's a great word. Um, she would drive her mother to a train station and pick her up from the train station, and that was the only time she got to sleep. And if her driving woke up her mother, mother mom would kick her, kick her seat, and then hit her once they got out of the car. 
So she learned to drive smoothly, seamlessly. Over the, the bad oh. roads. And there's this one moment, which I love, which is them coming into, uh, they're going to visit her village. Yeah. And they like come through the tunnel and it's like there. And then we see the car bump. And it's the only time there's ever a disruption when they're in the car. And it wakes Kafuku as they're arriving. And I, I, I love it because it's <laughs> 1 million percent deliberate by Misaki to wake Kafuku. And I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's the only thing. It's the only time we ever remember, oh, it's a car that actually shakes and like. Because <laughs> yeah. all the driving is so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the 12 minute scene that we were talking about, that's entirely in the car. The yeah. camera's not shaking. The camera stays on this person the entire time that they're talking and it doesn't yeah. move. It doesn't flinch. Oh, it's because they probably they probably use the steady cam. Let's be honest, but well, I mean, uh, let's, they let's, probably uh, weren't actually driving, but no, they pro- uh, they probably were. But you know, yeah, who knows? Who cares? Whatever, it doesn't matter. But it was it, nonetheless. It's great. Yeah, but the, yeah. the but the point is, the camera doesn't move. Exactly. And I, I I think I picked up on another bit too. Like when we're in traffic and we're watching the car move. And it's like we're in a lane. We're either following from the back or looking back from the car in front. Yeah. Camera's shaking all over the place. It's hard to keep the uh, the sob in the center of the frame. It's not a steady vision of the car progressing up the lane. It's jiggling all over the place, and it's hard to see. And it's only if we if we appear to be another car. Because... No other car is as smooth and as seamless as the one. Wait, are you sure? Or am I tripping? Only when it looks like it's an actual car. Because if we go out to the side, it's going to be smooth. If we go above, it's going to be smooth. It's smooth, exactly. But if it's like directly in front, like if it's a car that the Saab is following, it's shaking. Oh, okay, okay. And I think that I picked up on that detail and I'm like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, that's filmmaking at its best. Yeah. Yeah. I love drive my car. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. It sucks me in like a vacuum. Yeah, because uh oh, and also too um the Saab, since it's a European car, the the steering wheel is on the left side. So, yeah. you know, out here in America, that's how it is in all our cars. It's on the left side. But in Japan, the steering wheels are on the right. Mm-hmm. So that's also, that's also a, you know, a differentiating um, aspect of the Saab and of, you know, Kafuku, I guess, as well. Yeah. Uh, from everybody else. It's not very ordinary. Um, he sticks out. It's a good... That's a good yeah. point. That's like a really yeah. good point. Yeah. yeah. And there was one more piece. He always sits in the back. Mm-hmm. Except for when they drive into the village, right? And he moves up to the front. Yeah, you're right. He moves up to the front after the long scene 
with Takatsuki. Yeah. He gets out of the sob, lets, lets him out of the back seat because they were both in the back. He goes into his hotel. Kafuku puts the seat back and sits in the front. Sits in the front, yeah. And that's kind of that, that, that turning point for him to decide to want to be there. And they have, oh man, they have such a beautiful scene together where the Kufuku and the driver, they light their cigarettes and they kind of let them out over the sunroof. So cool. It's like, it's kind of a very cathartic moment in the film. Obviously, too, at the end as well. It's also even more cathartic than that moment. But that's a very nice, beautiful moment. I mean... Cigarettes are very bad. They're cancer sticks. Don't forget that. But um... <laughs> the cinematic odyssey does not condone smoking. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, very uh, love that. I love that shot of the of their hands out the window or out the sunroof. It's a good one. Yeah. And you know, if we if we want to flash into the the ending. The two things uh, jump out to me now. Firstly, the scene from Uncle Vanya. It is the actual ending scene um, from the play that is being performed for you in its entirety in in the text. That that is how the play ends. Um, and it's so fun that Sonia is the character that speaks to Uncle Vanya and tells Uncle Vanya, "Hey, we will live. We will say that we suffered." We will be miserable, and then we will we will be able to rest. Um, I'm gonna have I have my translation too, which is the fun thing. Yeah, um, we shall hear the angels and see the heavens all sparkling like jewels. We shall see all earthly evil, all our sufferings drowned in a mercy that will fill the whole world, and our life will grow peaceful, gentle, sweet as a caress. I have faith. You have had no joy in your life. But wait, Uncle Vanya, wait. We shall rest. We end with that. And of course, it makes sense that Sonia, played by Korean Sign Language mute actress, doing the signs around him, is the one to tell him to embrace reality. Because she's the one character that we found to have done that. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love, I love, I love that, uh, that last Mm. scene. It's amazing. Great. And yeah. the, the, the scene she does outside with uh, Janice playing Elena, she unlocks that realism, that 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 breakthrough for her character as well. Um, so she's kind of a method. She's kind of that the uh, Swiss Army knife to uh, become your true self and yeah. embrace the realism. Yeah. But then we go and so we, see, uh, we see Misaki um, grocery shopping. Yeah. And what kind of car does she drive? She got that sob. Exact same model, same, same car. It's great, isn't it? His car. I I don't know. I think it's his car. I don't know. Why, I have a. Why do I have a feeling that it's his car? Like he gave it to her. It that's possible. I think. I mean, I I would. I no, mean, that's he, Yeah, right, it's his it car, is. right? Yeah, it is his car. I. Yeah. I'm one, I wasn't certain because of the license plate. That was really it. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, okay. Like, I, I only noticed the license plate in the last scene, and I'm like, gosh, if only there were footage of the car driving 
at all during the first two hours and 55 minutes of this film. That's sarcasm. There's a lot of footage of the car driving. <laughs> yeah, no, that was his car. And she had a dog, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm just double checking the license plates right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm I gotta watch the, the Saab license plate. Come on. It was a t- 1994 was the model. I think they're different. Nah. No, it's the same. Who's to say? It's the same. It's the same car. Okay, we'll say they're the same. Yeah. Just for I mean, now. I mean, come on. It's the, it's the same. It's the same. All right, whatever. <laughs> as you wish. But as you wish was all he ever said. Oh, man. Yeah, drive my car. Very incredible. I mean, we don't recommend it enough. Can't recommend it enough. No, I can't. It's, ah, uh, you're going to say, so oh, Japanese movie, three hours long, ridiculous. This isn't, this is going <laughs> to suck. This is going to be the worst experience of my life. And then you're going to, you're going to look at it halfway through and you say, holy crap, it's been an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely don't watch it when you're tired because you'll fall asleep. Hmm. Yeah, don't do that. Bad. Because it is very slow. It is slow. (laughs) But if you're into stories, this is the movie for you. Yeah, exactly. This is it. This is it. Um, Number five on my list, I think it was, of 2022. Of movies that I saw for the first time. Uh, okay. I love this yeah. so much. Oh, and you had what at one? Hmm. No, I'm just kidding. I know. All right. I know. I know. I'm joking. <laughs> I'll never. Li- I'll never let you live that down. You're. I you don't. You um, don't have to. It's just your only gripe with Coda is that. Gosh, I was. I wish it was a different movie. It's not an issue with the movie. It's just, God, I wish it was different. <laughs> oh, it, you know, it was good. Aside from, you know, the directing, the writing, the acting, the editing, uh, the everything about it. It was good. If But if it changed all these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so mean. I'm it's like the, yeah, it's like those YouTube comments where it's like, Oh yeah, this album was you see it on an Anthony Fantano like video when he's reviewing an album. And it's like, oh, this album was so good. Aside from, you know, all these things that I want to change about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh gosh. Oh my god. I mean, you know, I you know, great film. Can't recommend it enough. Except what if it was completely different? <laughs> oh that's so funny that's so and, funny yeah. oh my god no nah, but but no nah. <laughs> we're not talking about we're not we're not talking about coda we're talking about drive my car drive my car is great best drive my car is great feature. best international feature winner at the oscars um did it win uh con palm d'or though it was up for it it was not but it won it won the 
the Grand Prix award at Con. I don't know what the difference is. But yeah, there's a difference between those two awards. Palm Dior. Well, Palm Dior is the most it's basically the equivalent to a best picture. Yeah. And I don't know if I've been saying con wrong this entire time. Because every time I hear people say they say it can. Honestly, I'm not even I'm not gonna try and change it now. Yeah, because I mean I know it's French. So that's why I say con, but I'm I'm just gonna keep calling it con. I don't care if somebody corrects me or not. But yeah, the yeah. The, the French are really gonna come after us after this. Yeah, they are. I mean, if you end up going and say it wrong, they'll hit you with a baguette. It's not even. They're not even. <laughs> they're not gonna take that. Baguette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name a more French thing? No, they hit you with a miniature sculpture of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> every say- French, every, we lost all. We lost all of our French listeners, if we even had any. Yeah, no, they're. Gone. If we did, yeah, they're all gone now. They're. <laughs> they say, "Hey, you know how Notre Dame caught fire and started burning down? Yeah, we'll do the same to your house. Hey, I'm not. We're not petty. We're just French." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh man all the french that i have insulted uh, yeah sorry you much. stupid american oh it's <laughs> <laughs> even worse <laughs> now they hate they, they hate us even more after that one i mean at, at least we at least we didn't we weren't going into the uh we weren't doing the japanese accent yeah Thank yeah. God. No, no. Well, it's different. No. It's the French. I mean, it's yeah. the French. Yeah, we're I allowed mean, to. We're allowed to make fun of them. I mean, it's the French. It's the French. <laughs> but drive my car is really good. You should watch. No, it, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's on me. Which me? It's, it's on, on you. Me. Oh, it's on Max. Yeah, HBO yeah. Max. Oh, whoops, my bad. Max. Yes. Yeah, which is the yeah. gonna be the case until they change their name again. And I don't think Probably they will. Uh, maybe they November. won't. You think they will? You think they're going to change it back? They've done it four times. They're going to change it again. What do you mean four times? It was it HBO. Was, it was Max. It was HBO Max. It was HBO Go. It was HBO Mobile or something. Discover HBO. They're doing... They've done so many rebrands. I can't even keep track on one hand. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. but, but it's on that it's on that platform. Yeah. Go watch it. Go watch it. You'll like it. Yeah. Um, what do we got for next week, though? Oh, oh, we're we're venturing into something a little uh, a little bit of uncharted territory. Yeah, we're heading into uh, Tristan's seen it and uh, recommends it highly. Yes. The history of the Seattle Mariners. That's right. That's right. Now, look, I know not a lot of people like baseball, but trust me, it doesn't matter if you hate the sport or love the sport. Watch this documentary because it's probably one of the best. Yeah, no, not probably. It is one of the best 
sports documentaries ever made. Ooh. It's a lot better than The Last Dance. And I know a lot of people saw that and gave that praise. I have problems with The Last Dance personally because it's just like, oh, hi, I'm Michael Jordan. I'm great. Look how great I am. Wow, look at me. That's all that documentary series is. It's history to see how Mariners doesn't do any of that. Huh. <laughs> and I, I saw you had problems with the Bama Rush documentary as well. Oh, that that documentary blows. Um, like, God, it's so bad. Y- you know, you're like, I'm expecting it because I watched it with Mackenzie. I'm like, oh, oh, it's it's going to be investigative journalism, like going into the racist history of sororities and fraternities, right? And like the the machine or whatever that Alabama, like the University of Alabama Greek life, like the secret society that runs the politics of the school, all the all these things. No, it doesn't do any of that. It doesn't do any of that. All it does is it follows a few girls who are preparing to rush for the school year and it and it examines and observes their like rigorous like very rigorous kind of application process it, it, it's mind-blowing like what they do but it's so shallow and also the director inserts herself into the film like oh look at me i have alopecia Look how woe is me. Woe is me. That's what basically what the director does. Oh, God. Uh, and it's like, dude, look, I'm not watching this because of you. I'm watching this because of this story. And the story you gave us is not even that good. So first one, I don't even care that you have alopecia. I'm sorry. That sucks. But I, I, frankly, I don't care. Secondly, <laughs> Jesus, you're 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 you're. <laughs> Very lazy attempt of a, you know, trying to make a documentary that even barely even touches the surface of the vast history of Greek life at that university. Cause I know that's a big deal out there. Like it's a huge deal. It's so, it's so lackluster and lazy. It's like, dude, a five year old could have written this. It's bad. It's bad. It's not good. So don't watch it. Don't waste your time. Okay. It's not that good. So please don't do it. Instead, we choose to care about the garbage poverty franchise that is of the Seattle Mariners. That's right. That's right. Because the history of the Seattle Mariners is one of the most. And I mean, I'm an Angel fan. Okay. I'm an Angel fan. And this documentary made me cry. That's how good it is. That's how good it is. You heard it I'm here an first. Angel fan. I hate the Mariners. I hate that team. I mean, okay. I just, I do, I do need to feel the need to point out. Doesn't just being an Angel fan make you want to cry sometimes? Yes, but for other reasons. I mean, mostly yeah. because the owner Artie Moreno sucks. But you know, and he should have sold the team before the start of the season. But they are playing pretty well. They're playing pretty well. They're they've won two games of four right now against the Rangers, which is the think second best team in the American League. So it's hey, it's looking good. Winners of the last I think we've won last of our seven of eight games. So hey, it's looking good. It's looking good. Yeah. Just imagine, God, 
I have two of the best baseball players on the planet on my team. How, when was the last time Mike Trout was in the playoffs? Um, I think I was still in middle school when that happened, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, so it was like... It was, what, 2014? 2014, yes. And we got swept from the Royals. But that's not important. Look, that's, that's, that's in the past, okay? <laughs> is it, though? <laughs> is it, though? <laughs> yeah, I, it is. Am I unearthing uh, troublesome, troublesome memories? Yeah, it's some trauma, some traumatic yeah. childhood memories. The Seattle Mariners. Nah, but this is uh in all seriousness though, this documentary is um it's directed and written and also you know co-written by uh Joe John Boyce. He he has a pretty prominent uh career on YouTube. He started making like Madden videos. Uh like Breaking Madden was a series on his YouTube channel. While he was working with uh, SB Nation or Sports Nation, or yeah, SB Nation was what they were called now. But then they're now uh, called Secret Base on YouTube. Um, but yeah, he made like Breaking Madden videos where he would do he would try to make game breaking glitches on that game for entertainment, mm-hmm. and then he started making videos of a series called Pretty Good, which is on on also on his main YouTube channel. And pretty good is basically series of stories that are pretty good, ranging from sports <laughs> to miscellaneous, mostly sports stories. But he he's done stories on um like the dumbest argument on the internet on a uh, bodybuilding forum about like two dudes having an argument about how many days in the week there are. Um. <laughs> He made a video about that. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, he also made a video about like poker and like gambling. Really good. That's one of his best on, in the pretty good series. And like Lonnie Smith, uh, Randall Cunningham, or that video is more specifically about the NFL strike of the 80s. I think it was like 85 or whatever. But so he started doing that. And then he did another series with SB Nation called Chart Party which has kind of evolved into what we have now, which what he does with Alex Rubenstein, his like co-creator, uh, the Dorktown series. And the history of the Seattle Mariners was the very first like long-form documentary that he made uh, for Dorktown, for SB Nation or Secret Base now. He also, did, he also made one for the Atlanta Falcons, which is also pretty good. Not as good as the Seattle Mariners one, but great. It's still great nonetheless. Nice. But yeah, I mean, John Boyce, he's one of my favorite documentarian. Probably is my favorite documentarian currently working. And his style is very unique. He uses like Google Maps and graphs and like Photoshop, I guess. I don't even know. After Effects to make like these very... Uh, he mostly uses graphs to yeah. tell his stories. Like those are the main visuals. He's not digging into the stock footage narration. You're no you're information. No, not plot no. points. No, he uses yeah graphs, pictures like from newspaper clippings, stuff like that. 
um, and he uses like narration basically to tell the stories, and it's brilliant. I mean, the guy's writing is top tier. He's one of the best uh, storytellers and documentarians uh, alive. I mean, he's that good, and I cannot recommend watching his stuff and enough. Like he, the way that he approaches um, storytelling in the in the filmmaking way like the narrative filmmaking way is one of a kind um and he's a a brilliant brilliant mind so and the best part is all of his stuff's on youtube so it's all free to watch you don't even have to pay a dime to watch his stuff which is great you know although you know he certainly deserves to his stuff to be shown on the big screen which uh you know, I don't know if anything would ever get released in theaters. I doubt it, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, so history of the Seattle Mariners, incredible. Please watch it before we review it on the podcast. Can't recommend it enough. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> but I, I, you know, it, it'd be really funny if anybody here were listening to this while they were driving their car. I think that would be really cool. Just yeah, yeah. Drive my car while you drive your car. But yeah, drive my yeah. car. Ryusuke Hamaguchi, Japan, best international feature film of 2021 at the Oscars in 2022. Uh, there you have it. Yeah, forever. It's one of my... Oh, rat! <laughs> I Just... cut you off. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Quick, quick. Forever. <laughs> <laughs>